finally able to answer the biggest mystery of the season. Welcome to Hand of Pop. episode 468 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam and I'm joined this week by English Dan. Hello. And Andres. Hello and welcome. Just for a bit of variety. And we can finally give you the answer to the question that's been annoying everybody all season. It's been a complete mystery. It's been very, very difficult to predict indeed who was going to win the league championship. And the answer to that question is, it turns out, in a shock that nobody saw coming, River Plate. The new champions of Argentina for the... Oh, I don't even know how many they've won now. 38, I think. Counting 37. It. 37. Depending on whether... Or, are you counting the amateur one, Andres? No, it's professional. Okay, uh, okay, so it's 37. Yes, River... In this podcast, we include 38. the amateur. <laughs> River supporters, of course, count on the uh, professional titles and Boca on the amateur and professional. So why would you give yourself fewer titles? Do you know? Because, the spike... because it means giving Boca more fewer. Oh, that is... So petty. But I'm not going to ask the question. It's, it's okay. Boca counts on, on the uh, uh, female titles, national caps, everything that they can to be in the leaders. And River is, if, if you, in the case of River, will be the same. I won't be, I won't be able to great. We're two minutes in, including the theme music, and already Andres is slagging off Boca. <laughs> um, but anyway. The results from round 25 of the Liga Profesional de Football were as follows. Sarmiento 1, Vélez Sarsfield 1, Godoy Cruz 2, Defensa Justicia 2, Huracán 0, Tacheres 1, which meant that River did need to get a result on Saturday. Union 0, Platense 0, Racing 1, Rosario Central 1, River 3, Estudiantes 1, meaning that, as we've already said, they're now the champions. Belgrano 0, San Lorenzo 1. At least surprising scoreline of the weekend, maybe. Gimnasia 1, Boca Juniors 3, Ban- uh, sorry, not Banfield, Lanús, Lanús, Banfield, that way around, Lanús 2, Banfield 2, Central Córdoba 0, Independiente 1, Argentinos 1, Colón 0, Arsenal 0, Instituto 2, Tigre 0, Barracas Central 1, and Newell's Old Boys 0, Atlético Tucumán 0. Which means that with three matches still to go, two, two matches, two matches still to go, River have won the league, and there's not going to be very much for us to talk about for the next couple of weeks. Two matches, relegations no all done. Two. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. There are 28 teams in the league, and therefore everybody's going to play 27 times because they don't play against themselves or their classical rivals twice, as was once the case. Um, River then, after 25 matches, have 18 wins, three draws, four defeats. 45 goals scored and 16 against for a total of 57 points. And Tacheres are nine points behind them, and therefore they can't catch them now. Um, Andres, you're a resident River fan? Well, yes, happy, of course. Um, happy not only because of the title, also because of the way that sometimes we are played, or most of the times, uh, I mean, 
of course they, 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 there is this discussion of playing well or playing nice uh, nice to watch football and I, I think in the case of River after some doubts in the in the, in the beginning because it was something totally uh, uh, logical that with a new coach uh, for the players to get his idea uh, will will demand a, a couple of matches or four or five matches to for everything to be uh, I mean uh, at the same line uh, the, the coach players uh, and, and 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 the idea to be to be to, I mean to be represented in 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 the in the matches, and overall I think yes it was nice to watch, and River was better, uh, or, or the best team in, in the league. Something as I have been saying, not so difficult, because uh, I mean rivals the rivals weren't uh, as good or or so competitive in order to 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 fight for the title. Tacheres for. And, and and to have nine nine points ahead of Tacheres, which is which is a second team, uh, it gives you an idea because mm. some time ago it was so difficult for for a team to have that cap. It was or, or, or perhaps for you you have to wait for the last round in order to 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 see what, what, who will be the champion. And in this case, there was only one team that since I, I think it was the eighth round. The River got the the the. the I think even before that, I can no. never remember River not being on top. Well, it was around that because San Lorenzo started very strongly with, mm. uh, as we mentioned at the time, a relatively early fixture, uh, easy fixture list in the first like four or five games. They, they yeah. definitely won a bunch at the beginning of the season. But it's not a good look for the rest of the league either. Cause yes, of I don't think you know River were good, but I don't think you can go any further than that. But the rest was just comically bad, you know, from San Lorenzo who went. Weeks scoring, yes, but I think that in the case of River, they didn't rest in the oh it's easy so what we will score one oh, goal yeah, we will score one goal and 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 try not to concede anyone any goal and and that and that and that is everything we will do uh, they wait wanted for more of course knowing that uh, perhaps unconscious or consciously that that if Tacheres is the second team you will probably win. Probably win because Tashes had no, didn't have the team in order to 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 be consistent until the end of the of the of the league. Yeah, uh, they don't have the experience either of. of well, they had in the in the, the league that Gallardo win with River. Yeah. Uh, also, Tashes was there. I think that in the end, the Fisi Justicia ended in the second position, and not Tashes. If I am not wrong. Rings a bell, yeah, but Tashes with the team who um. Who were, who were sort of neck and neck, but they don't have the. What I mean to say is that they don't have the sort of institutional experience of winning one of those title races. You know, they've been mm. close a couple of times now in the last couple of years, um, and you know, it would be nice to see them succeed in that one day, uh, as well as historic <laughs> for Argentine football. Um, but it was, as you say, it's always a bit of an uphill struggle for them. Um, I've looked down the. In fact, San Lorenzo and Tacheres both lost quite early on. San Lorenzo lost 2-1 to Lanús in the second round of matches. Mm. And Tacheres actually lost their opening game against Independiente. But after that, uh, they both had very strong starts other than those two matches. And I think, so, I'm think i pretty sure San Lorenzo were top after like six. Well, River lost to Arsenal at the Monumental. Yeah. In, that, in those moments in which 
still there there were still some doubts on not the the, the team didn't play fluently uh, and perhaps the Michelis still wasn't in the perfect synchrony with the with the players mm. and the system was not clear also uh, and it looks like after that matches those matches uh, finally uh, got the idea and re the players got the idea and, and it was all like like this like all in a sudden River started playing of course there were also Barraca Central uh, where Barraca Central played well River didn't with a completely different team but it was River yeah uh, and the uh, the four matches that River lost were were deserved the River deserved those matches to 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 lose against Acheres for example mm. in a crucial uh, match uh, after that perhaps Acheres thought that they it will they will be really into the league and uh, well finally River uh, could I mean uh, didn't have any doubts and 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 completely a, a, a very very Complete like with with I think a lot of resources. Of course, not being being very reliable at times in defense, but uh, I think that in the middle and in, uh, and offensively were very very good. Uh, especially with Aliendro, there were high very very high points and you could easily see. Uh, Rodrigo Aliendro was key for Enzo Perez to be not be to be alone there in the in the midfield. Then Barco Ezequiel Barco. The players that with Gachardo were not uh, with the highest confidence and with the Michelis, I don't know why, but or, or why, it's married something that the Michelis worked with them. Mm. Uh, Gonzalez Pires, Leandro Gonzalez Pires, the first center back that one year ago was, I mean, every, there were no supporter that wanted for him to leave. Uh, and now it's key, really key. Uh, well, wanted to live or leave? Leave. To leave. No, they wanted him to leave. Ah, to not that they didn't want him to live. No, no. Ah. There, there, there was. That's quite aggressive. But yeah, that might. There, there was a supporter then after the. Maybe some, yeah. After the mistake he made uh, against Boca last year, uh, mm. uh, with with Armani that ended in the Bisha goal, mm. said, uh, "Yes, Gonzalo Pires must die." <laughs> but it was, of course, the, the the moment in which there was mm. a, a huge mistake. Uh, That's all right. And, and the player who told us after that, well, not told us, but told the country via the press after um, the during the title celebrations that he almost did leave over the summer, Lucas Beltran, mm. who, you know, when we were discussing back in the summer who River were going to be playing up front, Miguel Borja, yes. uh, Salomon Rondon was either just about to sign or just had signed when we did our season preview. Um, and, you know, we all know how well he turned out to, how mm, useful yes. he turned out to be. What we didn't, I mean, you know, we thought that Beltran could possibly do a job in a few matches, but I don't think any of us predicted that he was going to be 11 goals from, I'm not sure how many appearances he personally made, uh, 24. Yes, not um, And what, joint second or, or third top scorer? Um, yes, I think it's Vegetti, Vegetti and, and Michael Santos are 13 goals yeah. and, and he's, he's 11. 11. Um, so yeah, he's done really well as well. After taking you know a little while to to break through, he's what twenty three or something now, I think. Yes, twenty four. Twenty two. I knew it was. I knew it wasn't twenty three. Yeah. It's actually right about him yesterday, uh -huh. and I knew it was either one more or one there. Yeah. So he could um, be easily on a, on a, on an under uh, twenty three mm. national team yeah. if you could 
But he's not like he's 19 and he's just yes. you know, breaking in. He, he's been sort of, feels like he's been plugging away around the fringes of the squad mm. for a while. In fact, um, he, he was at Cologne on, on loan and uh, before the Michelis uh, uh, got the, 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 job, the job as a coach, he thought, uh, he, he admitted that he, he was uh, thinking on, on leaving. Just but like he did actually play quite a lot for River last year. He just didn't do much. Yeah. Perhaps, I don't know if Di Machilis is playing a little bit more direct, a little bit, you know, mm. more suited to his style than, than Gacharro. Yeah. Um, and on Di Michelis as well, it feels like a kind of... Uh, and... A, uh, breakthrough of sorts for him as well because he, A, he was stepping into some extremely big boobs um, and B, I was talking to an acquaintance who follows German football much more closely than obviously anybody on this podcast does um, and he was explaining to me that the, the two or zwei teams in Germany um, where obviously Debbie Chavis was in charge of Bayern zwei um, are kind of especially Bayerns, are expected to be competitive at the level that they can be. Yeah. And Demi Chelis sort of came into it seeming to believe that his job was to just provide youth players for the first team. And so whereas mm. loads of the other Zwei teams were, um, you know, they tend to mix older players who aren't quite first team yeah. level with youngsters, he was just bringing through the young, and that's why he wasn't doing a very good job at Bayern Zwei, and this actually mattered in a way that it obviously wouldn't matter if you were managing a, a reserve team in another country or no. a Barcelona B or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, he was seen as a bit of a failure there. And so now to come in and do what Marcelo Frochardo took seven years to manage in winning the league straight away. I mean... And for him, what, was seven months. Is, is he a better manager than Gachardo, Andres? Oh, let the debate begin. As a league uh, matter, it's one league title and one league title. It's the same. Uh, of course, in the, in the time that it was that it demanded him to win, it's better uh, because seven months against seven years. But uh, I need to credit because the credit is also because e even when there are people saying that uh, River has a, a beautiful, a huge squad and and the the best squad in the in the in the in the country, the best eleven team, but not the best squad because yeah. the bench is not. And, and it was, of course, you will say, to to change nine nine players like it was against Baraka Central, when they play, they they haven't played any single match together all together. Mm. Uh, of course, it will be a change, it will be different. But uh, para, Palavecino, Paradela, Elias Gomez, uh, Herrera, Marcelo Herrera, um, are not the same. I mean, uh, well, and De La Cruz, I forgot to mention him because he, I think he was the best. Player not only for River but of the entire league. Hmm. He was when he was fit because of course he had also the injuries in his knee. Oh, uh, and then, uh, I mean when he wasn't on, 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 on the matches, it was he. I don't understand how he doesn't have any offers from Europe because he has a European level. Of course, the, the injuries you you could say and it's true that uh, if if every two or three months he will. Have to stop because he has a, a, a problem. Perhaps that's not reliable as a for a club, club in Europe. But yeah, and I mean it's been. I, I feel like it's kind of been the case for for a while with him, where he's he's been sort of plugging away, and there's always he's always for me. I think played at maybe slightly mercurial. He has his off days, but 
basically a pretty high level, but there's just always been somebody in River's team who's been that bit more spectacular than he has, whether it's you know, Quintero or Julian Alvarez or Enzo Fernandez. Um, and so this was, you know, this season it feels like he has been more protagonism. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's been kind of interesting to watch. I guess the other big thing is that he's obviously not as young as some of the others. He's twenty six. So, I mean, he's not old, um, but he's not twenty two year old Bel- Lucas Beltran, for instance, or nineteen year old Julian Alvarez or Enzo Fernandez. Um, and so that maybe dampens it a little bit as well. But yeah, I'm kind of he surprised has, as well that he's not had an offer. He has the promise. The 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 board members promise him that. If there is an offer for him to, yes, you can leave and you, uh, the problem is that there was only from a Flamengo offer mm. or, and, and they can play in semi-finals of the Copa Libertadores, yeah. if, if results of course are, uh, and no, no, if there were an, an, an offer from in Europe, well, it, it is not known, not, not, it wasn't released or it wasn't uh, any news about it, which is strange because... Yeah. Yes, seven years at River almost, and 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 the level he's showing, uh, it's it's really strange. Uh, Before we uh, just segue into the next little topic, I'm just going to move this bag of sunflowers oh, so a little way away from the microphone. Sorry, Dan, um, and um, then say that River aren't resting on their laurels because they've already is it completely one hundred percent announced the signing of Mr. Funes Mori. Yes, he has already been training. Okay. Which so, one? Ram, eh, Ramiro, Ram, the Ram, defender. Rogelio will be someone the, the good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, this um, kind of... It, it interested me partly as well because I remembered when uh, when I saw the headline of, of him um, joining that uh, it reminded me of what we said last week when we were talking last week and we had the Teyse discussion in mutes in the background and I said, the last time we were talking about Boca being about to announce a signing, it was Gerardo mm-hmm. Martino and then... By the time I got the podcast online, he'd already said no to them. And so I said, let's take this with a pinch of salt. But supposedly tomorrow, i.e. last Friday, that Boca are going to be announcing Edinson Cavani's signing. And it's not happened. I think it, I think it's, in fact, it's, uh, it's not so close as they say, because there are, there are two things that must happen for Cavani for to finally sign for Boca, which is, first, Cavani must pay... Valencia for the or mean I mean to pardon the the, the high the wages he won't uh, uh, of course uh, earn uh, because of the the year that he's he won't be playing there mm-hmm. which is the time that uh, is uh, the, of the contract I mean so sure. and then for Boca to release a, a foreign uh, player because uh, they have their uh, complete all of the places. Or spots for the for does that him. include Visha still though? Yes, they can say Visha, you won't play anymore at Boca, but they must uh, end their contract. Hmm. But then they could just keep him and not register him, right? To not have him as a player. Uh, or is you're that... looking at me, and I'm not sure what the the current rules are. Yeah, I don't know if that'd be a union no no whether or they can something whether they can do that while the league's ongoing as well I guess maybe I don't know I mean the league might be allowed to do it like, yeah no of course it is yeah. but I mean you know whether there are certain window dates between right. the league and the Copa de la Liga kicking off for instance sounds they, far too organised for anyone to have thought about um, I do find Funes Moria quite a funny one though because if you know there was, there's been one criticism of criticism of River so far this year it's that you know under pressure and against very good teams their defence has been creaky 
And so chucking Funes Mori on that does have a very, you know, petrol on, a, on an open fire kind of um, feeling to it, which I'm hoping... Well, it works for the national valid. team with Otamendi. This and, is and true. Even as he was continuing to give away ridiculous penalties for no reason in massive matches, they so still won the World Cup. So you're saying it's kind of a double negative effect? Yeah, maybe. Possibly. Um, but also, I, I think that very similarly, in fact, to the national team with Otamendi, and obviously, as everybody knows, I continue to be of the opinion that the World Cup final might have just been won in 90 minutes had it been Lisandro Martinez playing in his place. Um, <laughs> I apologise. But... I do think that those players bring something to the group and I wouldn't be surprised if Funes Mori now does given that he's that much older and more experienced um, because one of the things that um, Otamendi has had his teammates at Benfica have said it I'm sure his teammates in the national team say similar things that he he knows the game very well like yes. you know none of us would say that he's the greatest centre-back in the world but he's got all of that experience and he transmits it to, to younger players. And I think Funes Mori could maybe bring some of that as well. Not that River are short on experienced centre-backs, of course, because they've got Pinola yes. in the technical team as well, obviously. Anyway, I, I apologise to all of the uh, Mexican listeners, if there is any, if there are any. But I doubt of the players that can, come from the Mexican league. I don't know how they will, if they will adapt re- easily to, to River. Uh, Argentinian league, I mean, football and well, River. There was a generalist saying we will have to see whether the uh, Funes Mori adapts to the speed that River plays. Well, that is your a second centre back. It's not the same as a midfielder or a striker, perhaps. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he comes from Cruz Azul, and I don't, I don't know whether I the activity. in the Premier League what eighteen months ago. Yeah, that recently. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think speed's going to be a problem. No. He's just about missing out on facing Messi, though, isn't he? Because that match against Cruz Azul for Inter Miami is coming up. So. Uh, tomorrow night, yeah. Yeah, so he's not timed it's, it well. No. In that respect. Um, moving on, then, just obviously we're not going to review the league season because there are still two matches of it to go, so... We're not going to go into a hell of a lot of detail, but anybody catch any of the other matches over the weekend? I watched Huracan Tacheres because, of course, when it was played, uh, not 24, but 20, I watched, 20-ish hours or 22 hours or so before. I watched at uh, the moment in which uh, Novicio made that incredible mistake for for Garro to, to assist mm. Romero, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and yes, it, it looked like it was a Huracan was struggling... I think that the first rival that Huracan has is Huracan, mm. and then the, the, the other team, and, and with all, not doing so much, Tacheres, of course, they won it in the five, last five minutes, but of course it was a team that wanted to win because they were, they were fight, fighting, or at least they, won, they didn't want to lose points in order to, to be there uh, and not let River be champion there in the, at that night. Uh, and Huracan was a team that you see that they are lack of co- totally lost of confidence. Yeah, it was difficult to. Um, I mean, it wasn't because I knew who was at home, obviously. But if you just plonked somebody down and blocked out the the bit at the uh, top of the screen where it gave where they could see the order the teams were listed in, and they never watched Argentine football before and didn't recognise the stadium, I think most people would have said Tacheres looked like the home team because um, they really they should have been ahead. Uh, at half time very wasteful finishing um, and I got the impression just like you said Orakan's 
main rivals or their first rivals are themselves. In this particular match, that was true of Tacheris as well, because I thought they looked a little bit nervy, um, obviously knowing what was at stake. But eventually they did get that breakthrough thanks to Nobby Shaw's cock-up. Um, that is... Inc- and, and this... Yeah. St- uh, double uh, the strange, because... Uh, Luisho, I, I, I imagine he's a supporter of Belgrano as, as he, his first team was Belgrano. I mean, he, his mm. yeah, divisions were at Belgrano and, and the, his debut was there and he was playing against Tacheres and, and he made that mistake five minutes ago. Well, sticking yeah. on Huracan for a minute, I find it really weird that they're just not playing like a team in really serious danger of um, getting relegated. It was I mean, in terms of quality they are, yeah. but in just urgency, like actually wanting to be on a football pitch. It was maybe the it's second... It's just like fucking absent. It's, it's bizarre. Maybe the second or third time I'd seen them this season. Yeah. And just yeah, so just apathetic. Every like occasion, nothing there. Been just totally flat. There's yeah. no... No cohesion. And no, then no, there's no. also... But it, the really weird thing is that it doesn't even look like they're sort of... It's a little like they're trying. Well, they, they make anything happen either. They just, they just like, kind of, they just freeze. Well, I mean, they, there's, a long, there's a way to go, but they're six points behind Colón now, in, mm. and they're in that relegation spot. I mean, they're pretty close to being screwed if they don't get, if yeah. they don't pull their finger out. I don't know if they're just trying to cruise to the end of the Copa Liga, the Liga Profesional, and then pull a rabbit out of the hat. But what rabbits can Huracan possibly have in their hat? Well, the directors, along with the Diego Martinez, who left Tigre to go to Ragana, I, I, he must be wondering, what am I doing here? Because <laughs> uh, Tigre haven't exactly been world beaters, but, I mean, next to Huracan, they're fucking Barcelona, yeah. Yeah, uh, they are nine points ahead of Huracan, in fact, on 28 points, mm. and that puts them in 21st in the league. Um, so as you say, not exactly world beaters, but still much, much, much better than Huracan, and much, much, much less likely to be relegated. Um, any other thoughts? I'll give a quick shout out Go for um, what was for me the most entertaining game of the week. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not coincidentally one of the few games I've really paid attention to. Racing Rosario Central. Oh, I saw you and, and Sabo talking about this in the WhatsApp group. Absolute yeah. cracker, funnily enough. Um, basically because both teams were just full of children. Ended 1-1. And Goals from uh, Gonzalo Piobi of Racing and Alejo Belis of Central. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. Um, just really exciting to watch. I barely recognised half the players even on the Racing team. I think they had one, two, three, five players in their starting lineup, twenty age 21 or under, product of letting all, the, all of their senior players leave. Mm in the last couple of weeks. Another two teenagers came on off the bench and another six or so were on the bench but not used. Um, and then Central on the, on the other side with Velis, who's been one of the revelations of this tournament. Infantino looked really good. Kevin Ortiz. Um, all of these really young guys and a whole bunch came off the bench as well. Just really genuinely interesting end-to-end game of football like they managed to muster 38 shots, 19 each, in a really pleasing bit of symmetry. Um, could have ended 3-all, 4-all, 4-3 to Racing, 3-2 to Central. Uh, Gaby Arias made some really good stops for Racing. Um, 
and just yeah, like I've, in the middle of this interminable, really quite turgid championship, a game that actually caught the eye, and even though you know both teams were pretty ragged at times, and especially Racing, just every time they gave the ball away, leaving themselves so open on the on the counter attack, which I guess yeah, again is. Um, Understandable if you have three 20-year-olds or under in, in your defence. And Biovi, who in the end was pretty much playing like a number 10, he just got bored of defending and started pulling all of the strings. In a magnificent performance, I must say. Not really a left-back performance, but magnificent nonetheless. Um, yeah, just a very chaotic, anarchic and fun game to watch. And I haven't said that much this year, so I thought it was worth... Um, Pointing out, even though Racing couldn't get the win. Thank you for doing so. Um, did either of you catch Lowe's versus Banfield, the classical? Bits and pieces. Um, I'm glad to see, you know, my prediction of an overwhelming Lanus win. Borna, Borna. <laughs> yeah, just to remind people who can't remember the scores from when I read them out at the t- start of the episode, it ended 2-2. Uh, Banfield took the lead through Nicolas Sosa. It was 1-1 at half-time, thanks to an equaliser on the stroke of half-time from Tomás Belmonte. Um, and then Banfield retook the lead just under an hour in through Emmanuel, I was about to say Emiliano, Emmanuel Insua. Um, and just a few minutes later, Facundo Camises scored an own goal to make it 2-2, which was how it finished. Um, oh, and Julian Fernandez came on for Lanús uh, late on, I see. The is Julian Fernandez. No, I'm not sure. Oh. I, uh, I, I, I saw that. I saw, saw generic generic Argentine surname and got it got it mixed up with Julian Alvarez and assumed yeah. that it was some young player I'd never heard of who happens to have the same name as Julian Alvarez, but it's not. It's a 28 year old uh, called Julian Fernandez. I apologise. You're just thinking of a hybrid between Julian Alvarez and Enzo Fernandez. I mean, along those lines. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe that was what what caused it. But no, I was just I was trying to make a joke about somebody who just clearly had the same name as a more famous player. But in fact, he hasn't got the same name as a more famous player, and I'm just embarrassed myself on my own podcast. So there we go. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, no, he's 28. And I don't think I've heard of him before. He's joining Newell's. It says here on the 30th of December. So presumably he's on loan from Newell's. Um, yeah. There we go. So there we go. Um, <laughs> that was something that I said that was very <laughs> silly. Um, I think that we're going to call a half-time break now. When we come back, we've got a whole bunch of knockout football to tell you about because the Copa Sudamericana second legs that we were telling you about the first legs of last week have mostly now, if not all, been played already. And, of course, as we told you it would be last week, today has been our... Bumper Super Fun Day of Copa Argentina action. Copa Argentina Roma. And it's not over yet. We're not going to be telling you anything at all about one of the matches, but we can tell you stuff about the first three of them, so don't go away. Because the microphone decided to stop behaving itself for a second, but we're back online now. 
hopefully, you'll be able to hear this. If you can't, then... We have fun in recording it, anyway. Write it and tell us. Uh, the Copa Sudamericana second legs have mostly all been played now, as I mentioned before the break. They went as follows. America Mineiro beat Colo Colo 5-1 to avenge a 2-1 first leg defeat and therefore qualify on goal difference. Estudiantes versus Barcelona. We said last week that we reckoned Estudiantes would probably have enough about themselves to overturn a 2-1 first leg deficit from Guayaquil. And so it proved. They won 4-0. Universitario versus Corinthians. Uh, The first leg of that, you might remember, was 1-0 to Corinthians in Sao Paulo. The second leg was 2-1 to Corinthians in Lima. The only one of those second legs so far that's ended in an away win, by the way. Um, But more entertainingly, or possibly entertainingly, we didn't watch it because it was on direct TV, uh, there were five red cards shown in stoppage time of that match. Two for each team in terms of players on the pitch, and also one of Universitario's um, substitutes was sent off. Uh, Botafogo won, Patronato won. So Patronato maintaining some dignity, but obviously they had already lost 2-0 in the first leg of that in Paraná, so they go out of the Sudamericana. San Lorenzo beat Independiente Medellín 2-0 to um, follow up a 1-0 away win in the first leg and therefore go through 3-0 on aggregate. And Emelec and Sporting Cristal drew 0-0. The first leg of that had ended 1-0 to Emelec in Lima, so the Ecuadorians go through. Also, I've just remembered, uh, with apologies to any of our Portuguese-speaking listeners, Dan has insisted that I pronounce the name, or attempt to pronounce the name, of one of Corinthians' players, who is uh, just called Ryan, or, although here he's listed as Ryan Gustavo. Um, he also, uh, I've just noticed, scored Corinthians' second goal, which turned out to be the winner in the tie, and then was booked for celebrating, and that was in stoppage time. So I'm wondering whether his celebration kicked off the the brawl that saw everybody, including himself, sent off. And whether that sounds eminently sensible. Card for that reason. Um, but yeah, I'm going to guess that it's something like Gian in... Um, Portuguese, and again, apologies if you speak Portuguese. Don't push me into doing that because Fabulous. I find my Portuguese everything I hoped it would be so beautiful to listen to. Um, still to be completed are Aldax Italiano versus Nublense, which this says is a nineteen thirty kickoff. It got delayed for some reason. Oh, okay, which I didn't look into, but I knew it was delayed. So it's not started yet. And Tigre versus Libertad, which kicks off in three minutes' time. The first leg of that ended 2-1 to Libertad in Asuncion. So stick around, if I remember to. And if my microphone is behaving itself later, I will give you the full-time score of that one. Um, But from an Argentine point of view, and pending the result of Tigre's um, tie, it is two out of three so far. Estudiantes and San Lorenzo are both through. Patronato are out. I think that's probably the order that we'd have predicted them in, really, given that Patronato are playing Botafogo and the rest yeah. of the newcomers to continental... Well, they're complete newcomers to continental competition, in fact. It was going to be a tough one for Patronato. Um, but, you know, they went to uh, Rio and, and got a draw. That's, that's something to say, and they've done nicely out of this. 
getting that third place in the Libertadores and then these two games, like nice little packet to aid their promotion campaign. All win for for them. Watching yeah. perspective is really, really uh, it sounds surprising that they were able to win Copa Sudamericana and then to be relegated. It looks like uh, it was a good pride for them, but for a long time they won't be participating in any continental competition unless they they quickly go back to the first division and, and, and be able to qualify again to any any competi competition. Because they can't defend their Copa Argentina title. Oh yes, they can. Ah, yes. They could well, be in it, see. Yes, in that, in that case, that would be possible. Sorry, yes, sorry. I, I thought you meant they weren't allowed to enter the Copa Argentina, but what you meant was you thought that they were out of the Copa Argentina already. No. I had a feeling, but yeah. yes, they could be in the Libertadores <laughs> yeah, yeah. as early as next year. When, when you said they can't defend it, I thought you were, they're not allowed to defend it because of the relegation. I didn't say that. I was thinking out loud and, yeah. until I found the evidence for <laughs> or against. No, 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 totally. I'm not criticizing. In fact, they, they won Copa Argentina when they were already relegated, right? Or Yes. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was played after the, the season ended altogether, right? Yes. Yes. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, after, after the league season had already finished. No, I wasn't criticizing them. I just found my own <laughs> misinterpretation of what you'd said to be amusing. Um, as if you wouldn't be allowed to enter the competition next year because you got relegated. <laughs> It's open to every team in Argentina. That would be weird, yeah. The one team. Apart from you, Padre <laughs> Apart from the team who won it. Go in the corner and figure out what you've done. Um, speaking of the Copa Argentina, of course, it is also currently going on. That was the segue I was looking for. And, and I mean that messy. in the absolute most lit... Oh, no, I don't, because it's finished. That's very annoying. When I started that <laughs> sentence... When I started that sentence, there was a Copa Argentina match actually happening... Um, if you could string this out for an hour, it would still be valid. <laughs> well, if there's one thing we're good at on Hand of Pot, it's three things. Like it was before, be. and there was only radio, and the commentators shouted, and there was no action. Yeah. Um, Boca Juniors have just beaten, and that's a, I've just given an indication of how recently I mean when I say just, uh, Barracas Central 2-1. They went 2-0 up. Uh, I'm sitting... Kind of basically in order to face the microphone, I have to face away from the television. So these two will have a much better idea of how the match went than I did. But I can tell you that Cristian Medina gave Boca the lead on the stroke of half-time. Miguel Merentiel, inevitably, gave, doubled the lead um, three minutes into the second half. From a Medina... Oh, they assisted each other. That was very nice. Wow. Medina assists Miguel Merentiel and then Merentiel situation. Yes, on Friends Day. Um, and then Barracas Central pulled one back. Through Maxi, uh, no, I don't know how this is said in Argentine Spanish, but it is a Catalan surname, so I do know from my cousins that his surname is pronounced Puj, Maximiliano Puj. Puig, um, I think in. But yeah, in Spanish it seems to be. Oh, Spanish. Puig, or Puig. something like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's an author with that name, in fact, isn't yes. it? Yes. Kiss of the Spider Woman. Um, assist from Bruno Sepulveda, since I appear to have decided to do this throughout the match. Um, and Absolutely. Dan's. Scorcher as well. Dan's favourite named. Barracas Central player Mauro Penipil uh, got a booking right at the very end of the match, it says here. Um, so just a few seconds ago. Uh, gents, you were watching this, I'm sure, riveted to it while during our first half discussion. What did you make of it? It wasn't a bad game, actually. Um, Boca, well, far had the best of the first half, went in deserved winners, then they got the second goal via Merendial very early, and Then just sort of sat back from what I saw, you know, that was when we were in full kind of recording flow. The Barracas goal from, from Puig, 
was a beauty scorcher. Um, made things a bit uncomfortable for Boca, but I think they deserve to uh, go for it in the end. Clearly, the one who is changing the game at Boca is Christian Medina. Mm. And, but the, 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 the weird thing is that the, the one who is about to be transferred is uh, Alan Varela for, to Porto, not Medina, who is, the, I think, at this point, the best midfielder uh, or, or the best player that Boca has. Uh, and Medina, uh, Varela, even not playing right now. Perhaps because of that, yeah. I don't know. Because of the transfer. Yeah, they probably don't want to risk it, do they? And perhaps just as well, because what Sofa scores tell him is that Medina's substitution uh, with seven minutes to go was due to an injury. Mm-hmm. Although, since neither of you seem to have noticed that, I'm guessing oh. he walked off the pitch. And he seemed all right just now when they interviewed him, so... Of course, yeah, sorry, I just turned around because he was doing that. I mean, he didn't seem in tears or anything, did he? So no. presumably it's a very minor injury. Or, alternatively... And I know this is very difficult to believe. Maybe Sofa Score have got that wrong. Um, shocking to imagine, I know. But yes, that's one match that's taken place in the Copa Argentina. But as I hinted earlier, or reminded you earlier, because we discussed it last week as well, this is, um, or there are a torrent of matches taking place today in the Copa Argentina. Earlier on, Racing beat San. No, that's not. Uh, that was yesterday. yesterday. That was uh, yesterday, in fact. So yesterday. Defensa Justicia beat Centro Español 1-0 and Racing beat San Martín de Tucumán 2-1 in the big... Uh, oh, I was about to say the Edwards and then give your wife's last name, uh, partner's last name, and I realised I don't know what her last name is. <laughs> Fernández. In the big Edwards Fernández. Yes, I mean, there's like a 75% chance it's going to be Fernández. That's, that's true, yes. Um, Clásico, right? Do I remember you telling me that? Her yes, San Martin fans absolutely. Nahuel, when he was... Um, a baby had both shirts. Oh, there we go. Now he has neither, because... Um, <laughs> get him and have one back. He's growing too fast. And it's good when, when you know that someone will be happy after the match. Indeed, yes. Um, and I'm sure Dan's in-laws are very happy for him, indeed. Let it be on the record that when I said Racing has scored a goal, now Nahuel said, Yay, Racing! And not, there oh... San Martín de Tucumán. <laughs> anyway, Racing beat San Martín de Tucumán 2-1. San Martín de San Juan and Vélez Sarsfield drew 2-2. And then Vélez Sarsfield won the... This is the first time I'm going to say this on Hand of Pod, and it saddens me to have to say it, but the um, IFAB, the body that makes the rules of football, have officially changed the name of this now, and it is now just called a penalty shootout. Um... Yeah, San Martin won the penalty shootout 5-4, previously known as kicks from the penalty spot, or picks, kicks from the penalty mark. Um, so Venice are out, as Dan mentioned, uh, during, I think, during the half-time break, or did you say while the mic was on? Uh, before the recording, we were talking about this yes, a bit, because I showed you San Martin San Juan's spectacular run goal. Yes, of course you did, yeah, which was um, lots and lots of fun. Via Nicolas Pilaitai. It's a name. It is definitely a name. They're captain, apparently, and I think Racing have got to make a move for this guy because he can finish better than any of the <laughs> fucking idiots we've they, had they, this year. Racing should sign Pelaitai and Pei Nipil. Mm. Yes, it was, and it was struck with venom. Um, <laughs> he was struck with venom. In fairness. Uh, yeah, and it, was, it also came a minute after Vélez had, uh, had equalised. To make it to put them two one up, obviously it ended up being in vain. Well, or in his case, maybe it wasn't in vain. <laughs> he ended up being um, rescued from that ignominy. But uh, yeah, 
I think while we're at it, we should make it a package deal with San Martin and San Juan's young substitute striker, Leandro Regalado, who's <clears throat> jumped off the bench to, in the final minutes and scored one of five out of five successful penalties in the shootout. He, at some point in his career, simply has to score an own goal with that surname. Yeah. Um, for, for those who don't speak Spanish, regalado means gifted. Or in, in the sense of having gifted yeah. it to Gift right. My, rather than being yeah. gifted. Um, but yeah, Francisco Ortega, the guilty party from Beres, failing to score his kick in the shootout. Misha Mitre then followed that up, or possibly at the same time, followed that up um, with a shootout win of their own over Godoy Cruz after a nil-nil draw. Um, Matias Ramirez and Roberto Fernandez missed their kicks for Godoy Cruz. I find it incredible that they left their penalty taker on the bench. Mm. The uh, Eruso Rodriguez, he's taken like all of their penalties this year. Yeah. And we in fact have a question about it later. Yes. And they didn't bring him in for the shootout. He scored all, all of them, yes. Um, and I've just noticed that the name of the winning taker uh, for Visha Mitre is Maxi Lopez. So as well as owning Birmingham City, he's still playing at the age of, and I know this one exactly, 39, because he's one day older than me. Except, of course, that the punchline here is that it's not the same Maxi Lopez. Mm. So at least after embarrassing myself in the first half, I've got an actual player who actually does have the name of a better known player there. Um, Funny enough, if he did move to Visha Mitre, I'm not even sure he'd be the oldest player on their team because they have a 41-year-old named Federico Mancinelli in the centre of defence. Wow. Yes, I think he's a former Huracan. He's been around, yeah. I think he played for Atlanta for a while, yeah. I think any kind of lower slash lower Primera División league team, he's probably had a, a go at. Yeah. Um, so those are the results that we can give you already. And then later on, again, assuming the microphone's working still, uh, and assuming I remember, I will be able to tell you the result of the remaining Copa Argentina match this weekend. And it's a big, juicy Bife de chorizo of a match to end the starters that were the rest of the games because first place in the league and newly crowned champions take on second place in the league. River Plate host Tacheres, except that they're not hosting them because it's the Copa Argentina and it's going to be played in Mendoza. some other part of the country. It's a lucky term for River. In Mendoza, okay, yes. so River Plate host Tacheres yes. in Mendoza. Um, so, yes, there we go. Next week's matches seem to have been scheduled already. Mm-hmm. And they are All Boys versus Estudiantes, Patronato, the holders, versus Argentinos, Excursionistas versus Almagro, San Lorenzo versus Platense. So, slightly lower profile. I mean, inevitably, it's lower profile when we've just had a week where Racing, Boca, and River have all been involved. Um, but those should be decent matches as well. Uh, listeners questions or does anybody have anything to add? Well, we have the the debut of the uh, women's team. I think we have a team. question. Yes, we, we can't review that. it, yeah, can we? No. Because it's not taking place. But no, I can't Argentina, say anything about it. Was <laughs> Argentina get going in the women's World Cup to on Monday the, the at time three a.m. is making it very confusing. But three a.m. Argentina then. Yes. Yeah, on the twenty. In our time zone, yes. it's the t- oh no, it's a little bit, it'll be the same in Australia and New Zealand in fact the same day, the twenty fourth. Except that for us, it starts at three in the morning, so I'll probably watch the first half of that. I oh, definitely not. It's clearly more comfortable in the United Kingdom than here, but uh, 
seven. Well, I think six. it depends on how much of a night or a morning person you are, because in the UK <laughs> yeah. that game's going to be kicking off at seven in the morning. Mm. So, I mean, for me, for example, it would be much, much, much more uncomfortable. Uh, but as we discussed on the episode where Tony and I interviewed Sofia Brown, um, I think we mentioned it at some point on that episode anyway, Argentina's second match against South Africa is going to be much more comfortable for us because that's on at 9pm Argentine time uh, for us on the 27th. But obviously it will be the 28th over there by the time it happens. And then the other game kicks off at 4 o'clock in the morning against Sweden. So that's going to be difficult for everybody. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's getting started quite soon. Do you have anything to add about it, Andres? You... Well, uh, Argentina is looking for their first... World Cup victory mm. uh, after after nine matches of I think it was seven draws and two defeats uh, or, or or the other way. No, I think it was the other way around because they got their first two points at the last oh, one, yes. which included that comeback from was it three three nil down or three yes. one down against Scotland, Scotland with three those, those goals in the last few minutes. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and, and when when we talked to to Soph, she was uh, you know she said that the mood around the camp was very. Optimistic that, that it can be done this time, and that um... well, they arrived to the World Cup with the, some victories. Of course, not World Cup rivals, of course. And Peru, I think it was for nil against uh, Chile, also another victory. At a South American level, they are strong, but of course, uh, you are talking about the World Cup. Yeah. I think they they won. They uh, lost to Venezuela. It was a match with penalties. Yeah, they, with so they drew 1-1 and then yes. lost the shootout and then uh, like the day later or two days later, they won. three days later, <laughs> they, they beat them 3-0 um, and then as you said, yeah, it was 4-0 against Peru. Um, and since we released that interview, uh, Sof was confirmed as part of the squad. So congratulations, Sophie, if you're listening uh, and well done. And she played against Peru, in fact. She Which is starting right back. Good is that, uh, well, I think it's, it's known that uh, most of the players are from uh, abroad, mm. are playing ab uh, abroad, not in Argentina. There were some. Yeah, playing abroad as opposed mm. to yes, being yes. from. Well, yes, in Sophie's case, of course, she is <laughs> from abroad, <laughs> yes. literally. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, they're, and they're getting increasing amounts of um, experience in, in big competitions as well. Uh, so it's good. I read, in case any of our listeners are interested in this and don't know where to look, um, there was a pretty good preview uh, profile on the Guardian's website. They've, they've done all of the teams, yeah. but I read the Argentina one uh, a couple of days ago, so have a look for that if you want to. Um, questions? Gents? Okay. I'm going to ask one first of all that we oh. have had by email, because otherwise I'll forget, and just to say... Thank you very much to John Gagliardi for writing in by email. And if anybody else who doesn't have Twitter wants to write in, then please do. There is a contact form somewhere on the website. Um, and it's always nice to hear from you. John originally wrote a question to us way back in 2016. Um, I can't actually, no, sorry. He wrote to me to say thank you for the podcast way back in 2016. Uh, he did not have a question for us on that occasion, but he has got a question for us now. So, John, first of all, sorry for leaving your email unread, but that's the way I have of reminding myself that he's there to be dealt with on the podcast. Uh, and secondly, thank you very much for sending this in. He says, thanks again for all the hard work that you and team put into Hop. I refuse to sign up for Twitter, but every time I hear you call for questions, I think I should email you. So here it is. And here's the question. How does he hear us if he hasn't got Twitter? 
Well, uh, we are available on other platforms, Dan. Plus, I don't upload the podcast but, to Twitter. That but they're cool for questions you put out on, on Twitter. So you like get a oh, no, spider means, sense kind of thing? I, I think it means, you know, hearing in the sense of literally hearing me say we've had listeners' questions. So ah, fair enough. Here we are. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting question, actually. And I mean, on the one hand, when I, actually, when I read it to myself the other day, uh, it kind of made me laugh. And you'll see why. Um, but it is a question that, that, yeah, we're going to have an interesting discussion here, I think. And it is, I don't know how regulations work in Argentina. Short answer is that. What is that? Yes. Uh, but are clubs required to file financial documents annually? The reason I ask is I think it would be interesting, either as a hop extra, a regular show, or non-hop piece, to investigate financial health of clubs and the AFA generally. I love Argentine football, but don't understand how it survives in any meaningful form long term, given the Argentine economy's challenges and clubs' mismanagement. Ahem, grift. Um, in short, when Atlanta United is stealing your players for hefty transfer fees, you're pretty well buggered, no? So, gents, I, I have to admit that I, although I read this a few days ago, I haven't actually done any research. I don't know when they're required to. They're certainly not. They, they are. They don't seem to publicly, right? Like no, they do, yes. yeah. Of course. Okay. Because even oh, their own members I will go even further, yes. So to their own members, they do? Because, they're, because they are publicly owned concerns and, you know, officially non-profits, they have to not only present their entire budgets, losses, revenue, uh, debts, assets, mm -hmm. but those same books have to be approved by the, the AGM, like the meeting of the shareholders, which in this case are the members, they're open to any member who wants to go along uh -huh. and spend three hours listening to really, really boring numbers being barked at them. So in fact, both of you have votes in the AGM of your respective clubs because you're both paying members. I guess theoretically, yes. Uh, but if I'm I wanted to regular. go to the assembly, um, I could. I'm not a regular member. I am a minor. Oh, right, Forget yeah. Andres. Yeah, no, River has all of these. I think yeah. all of the the levels on that are kind of against the constitution of the club as well, technically, aren't they? Very possibly. Um, yeah. But yeah, River has all of these different membership levels, so Andres doesn't yes. get a vote. So let's drag this back a bit because yeah. that you might be thinking, you know, you've heard that. Oh, fantastic! This sounds like a brilliant way. I mean, you have to take in consideration that a lot of the members of each club and more so anyone who would actually go to one of these assemblies, mm. unless things are really bad, which is when you get the people bursting in, chairs being chucked all over the place and general chaos. Not that we're pointing fingers at any Independiente club at all in particular. Absolutely not. I would not that. dream of Rojo doing that. Um, you know, these meetings are generally you know, bought and paid for and everyone there is... Either, you know, getting a salary from the club or somewhat connected in some way to the people in charge. So it's generally, you know, a closed book affair. Yeah. Oh, so these are certainly numbers. Approved. <laughs> um, if you don't like these numbers, they have another one. Another and, one. yeah, <laughs> there's always going to be doubt about exactly what they're showing, what they're not showing. You know, creative accounting definitely um, plays a part in this. Uh, you know, how... You present transfers and wages, for example, if you know it's the total amount or how much you'll have to pay in five years, deferred payments, well, you know, there's infinite ways to make your administration look 
the model of competence while leaving an absolute time bomb for whatever poor fucker is going to take over from you in in how many years time. Um, so, you know, it's good, but not that good. Um, and probably, you know, uh, a sign that just mere transparency and saying, you know, we've got to do it all above the book. Is really no guarantee there's not going to be mismanagement. Um, we've seen that with certain governments in Argentina as well, you know, who at least claim to be more or less transparent, more or less corrupt than their predecessors, but still royally fucked up the economy and, and left us kind of in the hole we are today. Um, so I'll say, you know, I think they're unrelated issues to be honest. Obviously it would help if everyone was completely honest about how much money they earned and spent from football. But the overriding factor is just Argentina's not doing great economically. And especially, you know, in a country where the currency is so, so, so fragile, any contract which you sign knowing that it's going to be at the same values five years later with 600%, 700% devaluation, mm. I mean, it's not going to be the recipe for, for success. Um, and I think more than any mismanagement, more than any lack of transparency, it's, you know, it's the economy, stupid, basically. Yeah. Um, and in terms of long-term sustainability, I would, I mean... They've been going for a hundred years of clubs. Yeah, exactly. So there's... Limping on every time. And, and I don't know how really, truly long-term sustainable football is in lots of other countries as well. Mm. Um, but here, at least, and, you know, Argentina really is one of the... There are many countries in which I'm sure football fans would say, you know, football clubs or football as a thing is kind of too big to fail. Um, but there are probably a handful around the world where it really is the case that 90% of the football clubs are too big to fail. Yeah. And Argentina is one of those countries, and that's why historically it's yeah, not. In fact, in Argentina, it's illegal to fail because yeah. a sporting club cannot go bankrupt. Mm. After um, after the Racing the Racing case in nineteen ninety nine, yeah, um, a bill was passed through Congress signed by the president, um, which meant, kind of ironically, who's benefited from now has been uh, in the billion. Hmm. Um, yeah, no matter how bad the financial situation is, as long as there's kind of a ball on the on your training ground and goalposts in your stadium, you're still a football club and you can keep running it yeah. somehow, somewhere. And I think that in some way, although it's essentially perhaps not a very sensible law to have, that's a good thing because not everything has to be sensible in life, right? No, absolutely not. We have what is sensible about football? Offside. Yeah. What is sensible about offside? But like, just gen generally everything, right? You and me, Dan, are both from a country which currently has got quite a bit of discussion about the education system and prioritising STEM subjects and whatnot at the expense of going, oh, you know, nobody needs degrees in art subjects and things. But culture matters and football is a part of that culture And well. in the case of Argentina, well, I don't know how many clubs in the world or countries in the world have their teams managed by common people, I mean, yeah. uh, not, a, not enterprises. Club. Yeah, they're, they're, they're clubs. They're not, yes. you know, it's not like in England where... It, 
like here is called so and so football club, but actually yeah. they're not really clubs. So the Sunni civil civil associations. I I mean, I know if you call it that way in English, but it's mm. like uh, yes, uh, um, no no money. Uh, the goal is not to make money. I mean, uh, yeah. Supposedly. Exactly. Depends what president you asked, to be honest. Well, <laughs> they, <laughs> some do quite all right. Uh, but, yeah. but now I'm being facetious, yeah. Um, but I'd yes, rather have this system than whatever the fuck is going on in England. Indeed. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you very much indeed for the question, John. We obviously went off on a tangent, but that was, I think, kind of your aim anyway in asking it. And this gives me a second opportunity to thank you, as indeed I did at the time, uh, for your generous donation to our coffers seven years ago. Where before we had a Patreon set up, John sent me a PayPal donation that paid for our Fernet for a couple of months, if I remember rightly, um, that I was just reminded of going back through the, the same email thread that he uh, replied to earlier. Thank you, um, John. So thank you very much indeed, John. Uh, and now I'm in some door banging because Noel's very, very cross about something or other in the background. Basta de tirar la puerta! Uh, and we was shall done. move on to our that was Dan shouting at his son uh, and we shall now move on to some listeners questions from Twitter mm. so first of all Derek Ryan or should I say Derek <laughs> <laughs> don't know whether Derek's uh, uh, oh no it wouldn't even be Derek would it it would be Jeriki 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 Derek that's your new Brazilian footballer name as pronounced by me does not speak Portuguese um, says, who is currently winning the transfer season? I saw River have signed reinforcements. Are there any other winners or losers? Do Racing have enough to field the professional side? That's a bit of a cheeky <laughs> question to close with. But valid. Absolutely <laughs> valid. Because the answer's probably no. I mean, technically it's professional. Um, if they had to, you know, go to the United States on a tour for any reason... Most of them wouldn't be able to drink. Um, <laughs> you know, they're very, very small children, but they have professional contracts. Um, it's, it's troubling. Uh, something has to happen very soon because, like, it's only, what, two weeks until the Libertadores quarterfinals starts? Uh, uh, last 16, yeah, sorry. That yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, someone has to come, <laughs> please. Um, I think River are the only team I've seen actually make signings so we can I guess by default they are the winners it, yeah, indeed yeah almost no definitely. Boca has signed um, uh, I think two Tigre oh Boca no. signed no Tigre and Vélez oh shit Blondel from Tigre. Lucas Blondel oh, okay. and, uh, and Lucas Han- no, no I know Lucas but uh, Lucas Hanson also I think the the Vélez Oh, I didn't see Hanson. No. Um, t- discussing Boca and I think Tigre as well. It's reminded me that River is supposed to be signing Facundo Conidio as well. Yes, I think, right? uh, yes apparently he's, he's done also. Is he former Tigre? Yes. I don't know what's going on with your remote control now, but I pressed I was exit saying, and it's opened the Netflix app. Yeah, so. I was saying to Andres earlier. I was trying to see whether we could get the Tigre Sudamericana match on, but it hasn't happened because it's not on the guide. It's on DirecTV anyway. Yeah, I know. I remembered that after opening your guide up. Uh, anyway, Atletico Nacional play Racing uh, on the 3rd of August. So that is... Two weeks from Yeah, three, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today's the 20th. So yes, 20th, so, two. Yeah, two weeks today. Yeah. Uh, so yes, you're quite right. They do need somebody pretty quick. But otherwise, yeah, I would say 
probably River so far on the basis that they've done so. They're not resting on their they, they They are crossing fingers for Manuel Lanzini, which is very, very difficult as he's still waiting for any good offer from Sorry, any European maybe. club, mm. which I think it would happen. So he will have to decide. He has already rejected offers from Vasco da Gama, where Ramon Diaz is now. Mm-hmm. And he wanted Lanzini, and a lot of supporters of River were like not very happy with him. Um, How but, dare he but, try yes. to sign a player he considers good? Yes, and from uh, Saudi Arabia also rejected another offer. Mm. So he's waiting. I wonder whether Ajax supporters are angry with Eric Ten Hag for continually signing ex Ajax players at the moment. Probably. Anyway, uh, Lawrence Hart says Feliz Dia. Thank you, Lawrence. Obviously, me and Dan have no idea what you're talking about, but uh, thank you very much indeed. Um, Friend day. <laughs> yes. Friend day. I'm sure the Simpsons took the piss out of this. Never imagined that a country would actually make a day for friends. Friends. <laughs> Who knows? Dan says this, but his uh, partner and son have both uh, scoffed down the, <laughs> the lemon muffins I brought along that my uh, girlfriend made for them. Uh, it was very, very kind. Happy. Thank you, Ali. Yes. And Felicia. Only to you, who gave me some. Indeed. Pahloan says, Should River recall Batasha to replace the World Cup winning goalkeeper who was criticised in mid-season? Um, Andres? No, but oh, he, he made a couple of, of silly mistakes, but now I think he's okay. I, d- yeah? I, I don't think that Pahloan was being entirely serious. Ah. In fact, ah, okay, so. well. Anyway, um, Batasha will stay at Lorenzo, I think. Yes, I, I thought so. Uh, he also he adds San Lorenzo have the best defence with the most clean sheets and the fewest goals conceded. You might make a case that Insue is playing Allegri's style of football, but even so, thoughts. So yeah, no, I mean I think on the on the other hand though they are going to need to or Devicelis I would think he's going to be thinking about needing to replace Armani at some point because he's not going to get any younger. It has to be his last year, right? Because surely he's has looked shaky like he's had a bad Libertadores to start with, you know. In the Liga, it helps that no one actually takes shots at him, generally. But definitely come up against good opposition who can get past River's defence, and it's going to be an issue. Yeah, but I don't think that Batasha is necessarily the solution. Not necessarily the answer, no. It's not bad, but I'm not sure he's quite at the level, really. Um, And Pahoan says, another goalkeeper-related question. Looking up Estudiantes' wasteful penalty record, they've converted one out of five. They should probably sign Godoy Cruz as number one, who's saved three out of three. Oh no, sorry, who's scored three out of three, and let him take the spot kicks, even if it's at the expense of the World Cup runner-up goalkeeper. Would you do that? Uh, w, what do you think, WDYT? Just what I was saying, but not even Godoy Cruz trusted him today. No. In their do-or-die shooter. No, so of course, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Hardly a ringing endorsement. Indeed. Um, plus, I guess if you're a goalkeeper, your record against penalties. Facing penalties counts as well, and I'm not sure what Diego Rodriguez is. Although, no, actually, he's, he used to be quite good, right? When he was much younger. He had a pretty it was the open play stuff which gave him more grief than yeah, penalties. But I feel like, because yeah. he was at Independiente, right? And he, he had a sort of string of saving a bunch of penalties in quite short succession that I seem to remember mentioning on here at some point years ago. Um, and Liam Kelly says... <laughs> How quickly we forget Marcelo Gachardo. This is my comment, having just read his uh, his question uh, before reading it out loud. Will Demichelis be the next great Argentina coach, or is it too soon? I mean, when does Marcelo get his turn, Liam? 
Um, he also says, thoughts on Chacho Codet returning to Inter. Um, do we see Argentina women getting out of their group or at least getting a first World Cup win? And of course, as is customary, before we start to answer these questions, I should just point out that Liam Kelly is not related to me. Very good. I was waiting worried. Will Demichelis be the next great Argentina coach or is it too soon? It's far too soon. Yeah, as I've said, yeah. Gachardo's next in line. After 30 years of Scaloni and a... Yeah, obviously. After 1920s-esque Once, once Scaloni's won his seventh consecutive World Cup, then yeah. we can start... If he loses to Inter at the round of 16 of Copa Libertadores, we will say, oh, well, he, he's a good coach, but not that, not that great. So, uh, yes, we have to wait. If they lose to Inter, I'm going to put Chacho Calder up as the next great Argentina coach. Yes. Speaking of which... Thoughts on Chacho Caldet returning to Inter? I feel like this is a question deliberately targeted for you, Dan. Really? Well, you're a big Chacho Caldet fan, aren't you? Who isn't a big Chacho Caldet fan? I agree. As I've said many times in this podcast, he is just a funny little teddy bear of a man. Even I, even my girlfriend's a big Chacho Caldet fan. I can't mm. remember whether I've ever mentioned this while the microphone's been You have definitely mentioned before. this in the pod. I've, me- I've mentioned it to you. I yes. can't remember whether I've done it on, on air, as it were, but her nickname for him is Sexy Squareface. Yes. Um, because I mean, I remember it, our, it perfectly describes it. Our Chacho Cadet discourse kind of never really strays far from <laughs> what adorable teddy bear, lovely square face. <laughs> yes. um, but he's a good, you know. Aside from his dreamy looks, <laughs> he's a good coach. Like almost everywhere he's been, he's either kind of met expectations or exceeded them, um, including at Inter. Yeah, um, he's a handful. Clearly, he seems to rub people up the wrong way after too long, and that's why he tends not to stay in jobs for too long. But um, And he's been absolutely diabolical against River in all of his career, especially with Racing. Yeah, so... But I think overall Inter will benefit from having um, winning the pool on the bench. Mm. Definitely. Indeed. And do we see Argentina women getting out their group, or at least getting a first World Cup win? Well, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, as I'm sure Liam's aware. Um, but I, if I can just bring up the World Cup group again, it's Italy, Sweden, and South Africa. They had a better chances against South Africa, right? And exactly, yeah. I mean, the yes. thinking is very much that South Africa is a live opportunity to get that first World Cup win, and that Italy in the opening match, if they catch them cold, could be potentially as well. I mean, there are a couple of Opportunities, obviously, Sweden are, you know, a, a different level entirely, uh, historically and at present. But there are opportunities there to, to maybe try and get the first win. I mean, South Africa's recent record, which is what I've been sort of treading water while I've been going through Sofa Scores menus to try to get up, is that they've just beaten Costa Rica two 0 in a friendly. But prior to that, their recent record is. Um, Three defeats and one draw in the previous four matches. Uh, back in September last year, they lost 1-0 to Zambia. And then in, pen- uh, in penalties, in friendlies since then, um, they lost 4-1 to Australia in October. Drew 1-1 with Slovenia in February. And lost 3-2 to Serbia in April. Um, and then played Costa Rica, when I say just, I mean like a month ago. In fact, they, they played in July. Um, so they're coming into this as well, having not played a match for a month, whereas Argentina have just played a friendly quite recently against Peru, as we mentioned earlier. So, yes, there, there is, there are opportunities there. The team are improving all the time. 
Um, I feel like the one thing that didn't really get mentioned in the otherwise very good Guardian preview that I mentioned and recommended you all look up earlier is the fact that I think it mentioned in passing that the league's gone professional in the last few years, but obviously that's not then followed up with the fact that going professional has helped a lot of the younger players to really push on and get to a higher level than um, than a lot of their teammates were when they were their age. Mm. Too much use of the word there in that sentence, but I hope that you see what I mean. Um, and, you know, you've got players like Banini, who's mm. leading the team and, and is the, the potential, one of the, the big stars of the, of the team. Um, I think that a first win, I don't think that Argentina will be looking at this World Cup as a successful one if they don't get a first win this time around. It, it, you know, I think it seems to have, that's what they're all aiming for, but I also think that it, it's, it's time for it now. It feels like this is the, the tournament where they get it. And if they get that, then yeah, first, first qualification, they can do it. Mm-hmm. They can definitely get second after Sweden. That seemed to be the... Um, sort of consensus or, or the, the, the opinion certainly that Tony was giving me off air when we interviewed Soph a couple of weeks ago mm. um, and from what Sophie said there's optimism in the squad and there's a belief that they can do it fair enough I did read the other day though that we shouldn't even be supporting them and we should be wishing them three consecutive defeats oh what's that because apparently one of their star players uh, doesn't follow Messi on social media and follows Cristiano Ronaldo instead Yes, that's it. Good. Well, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> so I just yeah, I just want to make the point like we all love Messi and that, but people have just got to fucking chill. Look. Indeed. And while we're doing this, literally while I was answering uh, or wittering on, depending on how you look at it, Machiavelli asked a question as well on Twitter. He says, "What date does the Argentine season finish?" I arrived back in Argentina in early September, so will I see the promotion playoffs? Uh, yes, I see some. Sorry, he, he continues. Yes, or, or they continue. Yes, I know Sofa Score shows the supposed date of games, but are they accurate? This also doesn't need to be read out on the pod, and the date responsible suffice. Okay, well, uh, sorry, but we have just read it out on the podcast <laughs> because, um, yeah, that happened. He sent the second tweet literally a second after, before I started reading it. Um, so the league season ends next weekend. Or the sorry, the first division league season ends next weekend, but the lower division leagues will carry on until late November, early December, mm. and the Copa de la Liga. If you're a fan of a top flight club, obviously begins in. I think do they have a one week off or something? It starts in mid August or late or the twentieth of August rings a bell for some reason. Yeah, mid late August. Uh, let's see the 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 first division final round of matches is the weekend of the 30th of July and the Copa de la Liga kicks off on the oh, 27th of August so there are going to be like two weekends off or three weekends off in, in the meantime so okay that's a bit more time off but uh, basically yes if you're getting back in September there will definitely be lots of football still and the um, promotion playoffs won't be for absolutely ages cause won't be for absolutely ages because they have well, finished the like, lower division league season. They have time. at least fifteen rounds to play still yeah. before the playoffs. So, so yeah, you have. You're fine. No you're worries there fine. at all. Um, don't worry about that. But, but we will make you listen to this whole podcast <laughs> before getting your answer. Indeed. Yeah. So, so sorry, sorry. Not just tweeting back at you. No. Um, so yeah, 
that's it for listeners' questions anyway. If the microphone is behaving itself, I will give you my predictions for the weekend to come after this theme music, just in case it's not, and we can't get it to start recording again after what happened in the second half. Uh, goodbye. But fingers crossed. <laughs> Okay, we seem to be recording again, so here we go with my predictions for this weekend. San Lorenzo versus Argentinos Juniors, I think will be a draw. Estudiantes are going to beat Belgrano in La Plata. Platense are going to beat Huracan in Vicente López. Atlético Tucumán versus Independiente will be a draw. Defensa y Justicia against Sarmiento. Going to go for a home win in that one. I think that Rosario Central versus River. Oh, these ones are always so difficult to pick. Because how seriously are River going to be taking this? Yeah, no. Um, I'm going to go for a Central win there, I think. I don't think River are going to be interested. Tacheres versus Gimnasia. I think will be a Tacheres win, maybe? Obviously, it's also complicated by the fact that River and Tacheres are about to play each other in a knockout game, so they're both presumably going to be going for it. Um, Belles versus Union is going to be a Belles win. I think that Banfield will beat Godoy Cruz at home. I think that Racing will beat Central Cordoba at home. I think that Boca will beat Newells at home. Oh, that should be a good game. Huh? Um, I think that Barracas Central versus Arsenal will end in a draw and I think that Colón versus Tigre will also end in a draw and I think that Lanús are going to get an away win over Instituto to end the weekend. The penultimate weekend cool. of Liga Profesional action. The void of any exile whatsoever. Indeed, yes. I've just noticed, by the way, though the pennies just dropped while I was reading those out, that the 27th of August, which is the date we just read out for the uh, starting round of fixtures in the Copa de la Liga, very conveniently indeed, is the day that I fly to England. So. Oh. <laughs> So have we talked yet on the pod about how stupid it was to revert the orders of the Liga and Copa de la Liga? What, why did it say stupid? I mean, we, we've discussed the fact that it's happened, but why do you think it's... Because if you maintained the original order, mm-hmm. uh, there's no dead time. Because the Copa oh, stays course, competitive yeah. right up to the last games, knockout stage is final. Yeah. Then the league starts, and even if you know you have a champion five games before the end, so you have relegation Copa qualification, you have relegation. Now we have... Loads of dead time, because as I said at the beginning of the episode... Two entire weekends, no one ca- which no one cares about. Yeah, yeah, as I said at the beginning of the episode, not really sure what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks, yeah. but we are... The other thing is that we kind of have to, because as I've just said, I'm going away at the yeah. end of August, and I'm going to be away for two months and a bit, so... We have to take advantage of Sam, while exactly. we still can. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't get me... We're going to be recording in some form while I'm in England, or Europe, generally. Um, but it's going to be less, and less frequently than weekly. Sorry, but Copa de la Liga, the ones who are eliminated from the Copa de la Liga, what happens with them? Who cares? Because for the average it will be interesting. No, because the relegation table is going to end at the end of the group stage of the Copa de la Liga. No. So, yeah. I mean, but the ones who advance... It'd be kind of cool if they could carry on averaging it, right? So that if, like, Arsenal got to the final by winning all their knockout games, everybody else would be going, oh, shit, are they pushing their average up by enough that we can we could get relegated? <laughs> that, that'd be fun, but unfortunately it's not going to happen. 
Um, or if the team... It would like, be fun. Relegation danger, I don't know. Um, qualified and then drew like three straight games and that dragged their average down enough to relegate them. Yeah. I mean, who could lead the Copa La Liga? Even while winning the Copa La Liga. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they were drawing, but then going... And then winning on penalties, yeah. yeah. Why, why <laughs> they'd be better off just losing the first match. Yes. Why don't you just uh, eliminate the, the promotion relegations on this team? It's going to happen one day. Yes. But not just yet. Anyway, thank you very much indeed for listening for another week. Uh, and goodbye from champion of Argentina, Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. English down. Goodbye. That me. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>